You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life, wherever you are today and however you're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. We thank you again for making us a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. We're your weekly mirror check. Before you go change the world, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, the Twitter machine. Thank you for downloading and subscribing to our podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you for your support that you give to us every single day, every single week. We appreciate you guys so much. You know, as I was uh, kind of going through some recent challenges, as many of you may already know, I had my first experience with the COVID virus. Not a pleasant experience whatsoever. Uh, pretty concerning on some levels. Um, it didn't happen in the, in its heyday, which was 2020 and a bit beyond. It was weird to have that go on when everybody else is kind of walking around and have forgotten about it. For it to hit you and hit your household, it's pretty sobering. It's a reminder that, you know, when the rain falls, it falls on all of us. We all get wet. You know, nobody's exempt. Uh, and it just makes me just think about my life and, and where I am and what I've accomplished. And I, I had a whole lot of thoughts having to sit at home and think about my health and what I eat and, you know, what tomorrow looks like and how far I've gone and some of the endeavors that I've kind of planned for myself and for my life. It's really sober to make you think about it, but that's kind of where things have been, but did produce a lot of questions for me personally. And some things I thought if I shared it with you today, I believe that it might be encouraging to you where you are. I had a lot of questions, you know, like, for example, what do we really trust? Who do we put our faith in? How good actually are our eyes and ears? Can we really say that we're aware? Are we still very much asleep? There's a lot going on in our world and in our neighborhoods and in our close quarters and social circles. And it just feels sometimes like either we're firmly entrenched in the realm of tone deafness or we're at a place where we're just missing it. We got our eyes our head in the clouds so much that we don't realize what's going on around us, which is a very, very sobering thought, especially with all that's going on around us today. It's very disheartening to even think that you'd be blind or someone would be deaf to the cries of people because of all that's happening and transpiring right before our eyes. So many of us can't even see it. You know, 
I was thinking about the scripture in John chapter five. It's always been an impactful passage for me, but you know, I won't read through the whole thing. I, I want to just read a, a, a short part of it because I want to kind of help you get a picture of what we're going to talk about today. And it reads, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will I be made whole? The impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. A whole bunch of issues for Jesus after that because religious leaders thought that you shouldn't do anything on the Sabbath. It's not lawful to do anything, not even be healed. That was the religious view at the time. But I want to focus on the people, the people that were blind and withered and impotent and sick. I want to focus on them because that's where Jesus' heart was. There were plenty of times where he could have spent a lot of time with religious leaders, teaching them doctrine, teaching in the temple. He did that, but he spent the majority of his time and ministry around people that were sick. He didn't go around saying, I'm called to do this and not that. He also did say in scripture that the sick have need of a doctor. Those that are healthy do not. So he did emphasize that his emphasis was, or his focus was on the people who were in need of help, in need of healing, in need of help. That those who already felt like they were already good where they were. You know, even in my in one of my business ventures, I reach out and I network with people who are actually in need of help. If they have a need to make some change, changes in their lives financially, or maybe perhaps in building a business of their own outside of what they're doing at work. No, those are somebody who's in need. So I give them more of my attention because they actually have a need and they've expressed that. Some folks that feel like, you know what? My job's going to take care of me. I can be there for 40, 50 years. It's all good. I'll never have to leave. I'll never get fired. I'll never get laid off. I don't go out of my way to try to help those folks because they already have it in their mind that they don't need help. It's one thing when somebody needs help and doesn't get it. That's really kind of where I want to go today. The In verse 3, there was a great multitude of impotent people, of blind people who were withered, maimed, crippled, waiting for the angel to come and stir the water so that one person can step in and get healed. Now, there's a lot going on there, and I won't try to get too deep into the passage, especially that particular part, verse four. I don't know what the deal is with the angel. I don't know what the deal is with that level of competitive healing, so to speak. Yeah, people who can't even move, who need an attendant to help them, and some maybe can't afford to have an attendant. 
and basically the first one in gets healed. That's a rough situation, especially for a season without an appointed time. I don't think it's once a month or once a year. I don't know what it is, but somehow they knew that there was a right time or they waited there for the right time and sacrificed their living just to wait for that eventual moment. I think that's kind of rough when I look at that. But what I love about what Jesus did is that he went to where the people that were hurting were. He knew that he had access to healing and he went to where people wanted to be healed or theoretically where healing would be appreciated. And I love that because that's what we should be doing, right? I mean, in that situation, the pool was right by the sheep market. This was a place of commerce. So it wasn't like people didn't know that there was a great multitude of people there. I mean, whenever you have a great multitude of people anywhere, I don't care where you live, where you are in your geography, it attracts attention. It makes noise when there's a great multitude of people anywhere. I don't care if it's a parade. I don't care if it is a homeless community. I don't care what it is. There's a great multitude. People know you're there. It attracts attention. Eyes are focused on you. So everybody knew that this great multitude was there. Even one man, the one that Jesus healed, he was there for 38 years, infirmed like that. And everybody... I'm sure was aware that he was there or at least seen him in the great multitude. And it makes me wonder, why didn't anybody come and pray and tend to them? And if they did, were they only relying on the angel to come and stir the water and not actual tangible help? Or were they ignored all that time? They were noticed as being a great multitude, but nobody ever reached their hand out to help them except Jesus. Both scenarios are pretty bad, whichever one it is. It reminds me of a homeless situation where we are locally. Now, growing up in New York City, I've seen that more times than I can count. And the situation is, at least at that time, it was very dire. I don't know what it is now, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't improved a whole lot. But we pass by homeless folks in almost any place that we ever went in the city where I used to live, in my hometown. And we knew they were there. It wasn't like it was a secret. They were right there. And we knew it. Sometimes we tried to do something about it where we could to the best of our ability. And sometimes we had to just keep going and keep living and do what we were doing and kind of almost ignore what they were dealing with. I think the situation is just like this. We have people around us all the time that are in positions where they're sick, where they're hurting, where they are waiting for somebody to help them. They're waiting for an attendant to help them get to where they want to be at health-wise, mentally, emotionally, whatever it is. And sometimes people rely more on people than they do God himself. But I think the question is, why have they been there so long and no one ever attended to them or noticed that? I think the church is partly responsible for some of this. I think we still continue to compound that even today. I see it so much. It kind of is a tongue in cheek, but it's not really a joke. I call it in reach where churches spend so much time focusing on who's already there, preaching to the same people, getting the same people saved over and over again. But they forget all about the folks who are outside that are not so inclined. They don't have a religious background. They didn't have a father who was a preacher. They didn't know anything about this stuff. And they're in danger of being lost forever. 
because no one ever told him the message of hope. And we're just hoping in somewhere in our arrogance, we're hoping that maybe they'll come to the church so we can tell them about Jesus. And it's like, if Jesus had an attitude, that man that was infirm for 38 years would have never been healed. He would have died in his sickness, which is pretty tragic and pretty sad. But what he did was different. And what we talk about, what would Jesus do? And we heard that catchphrase over the years. We got force fed that. But do we really want to do what Jesus did? That would require us to open our eyes and see some things that we've been missing all this time because he went to where the sickness was. He went to where the hurting people were. He didn't wait for them to come to him. He didn't go sit in the temple and hope that they would show up during normal temple hours from eight to five. He went to them. Ministry was happening even when the temple doors were shut. Ministry was still taking place. Because he went to the people who were sick and brought the healing that he had access to. My question is, why won't we do that? Why are we at a place where that's not important to us anymore? We're so accustomed to our own space, to our own seats, to our own chairs, to our own friendship circles, to our own early morning conversations, to our own coffee, to our own Danish, to our own normal and we don't even care to break pattern, to break rank, and to step outside of our comfort zone and do something that I believe the Lord has been calling for us to do from the beginning. We just haven't been willing to do it. For this man that had this infirmity for 38 years, which is a long time, which is longer than most of you guys listening. How long is too long? How long should he wait? To be healed. How long should he wait. To receive what is available to all of us. How long should we wait. Before we decide to get up out of our pews. And touch somebody. Reach somebody. Love on somebody. And do it as a priority. And not as a happenstance. Because we were invited to. Or the situation was just so out of control. And it was in our face. We couldn't avoid it. So might as well help. When will our heart resemble his and look like his and sound like his and function like Jesus's? What would Jesus do? What are you going to do? I don't know where you are and where you're listening, but I hope this was an encouragement to you to get up and go where they are. Reach out beyond the comfort of what you know and who you know. And go, go touch lives the same way Jesus did because you're the church and you carry healing and hope. In your hands, wherever you are today and however you're hearing, they call me Mr. You, the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us again. We really appreciate you. Feel free to comment on our social media platforms and on YouTube. Continue to enjoy the podcast. Like, share, and subscribe. Go change the world. Enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.